No matter your niche, it all comes down to the fact that most will listen. Some may even take notes, but only a few will press the damn button. Join global keynote speaker and digital futurist Brian Fanzo as he brings you the secrets of those that have pressed that damn button and transformed their lives and businesses in ways that will inspire us all. Brian, over to you. Welcome back to another episode of Press the Damn Button. And guys, I have a good one for you. I, I, my, my buddy Dave, who I refer to him as Dave, Iographer Dave. Um, I actually didn't know he had a last name for a long while. Even in my contacts, it says Iographer Dave um, a, as our guest today. Um, and we have an interesting uh, connection and, and history together um, as as became brand ambassador, a fan, a friend. Uh, and over these years in the live streaming world, um, it's been one hell of an evolution. But um, more so than that, Dave's Dave's background and also way he's built uh, the business um, to me is inspiring. Also has done things where other people have come and gone. Uh, and Dave has done such a great job on that. Um, so I'm excited to have him on. But before we jump into me asking him questions, uh, shout out to our sponsor, Restream. Uh, Restream is powering uh, this uh, podcast, this live stream right now. And they have a special offer, an exclusive offer, only available till October 31st, Halloween. It does. 50% um, off. They've only done it four other times in the history of their company. 50% um, off if you use the code ISOCIALFANS. And the 50% off is for the lifetime of your subscription not just for the, the, the next one months or whatever. So as long as you keep the subscription, you keep the 50% off uh, a month rate. Therefore, if you want to use the studio setup that I'm using, streaming to 30 plus platforms, you can use the overlays and backgrounds. Um, I believe it's $24 a month or $24.50 a month instead of $50 a month, uh, which is what I was been paying for that side. So they definitely hooked me up, take care of you guys. Uh, so take care of the sponsor. And of course, the link and everything will be in the show notes. Um, and with that, I'm going to bring in Dave. Dave, how are you doing? <laughs> I am so thrilled to be here with the handsomest man on the internet. So uh, thank you for bringing me in today. Oh, thank you for coming. Um, I was excited uh, when I first you know, built out the show and I was kind of building out my roster of people that I wanted to ask. You were on my initial list of people I wanted to ask. And part of that was not only because of, of the history that you and I have together, but also I wanted to I wanted to learn more about your story. I wanted to kind of connect your story out there um, with the, the world. And you know, you have your background. You know, for those that kind of we'll set the stage where we're at now, just real quick. Uh, for those that are watching live, you can see over my shoulder. I have one of Dave's products uh, over my shoulder right now, the iographer uh, case, which was the first product that I ever um, received from uh, Dave, which is the case that I use. If you've seen pictures of me live streaming over the years, uh, holding a case with a microphone on it and a light, um, that was what Dave created at the beginning. And then the green screen that is my background that everyone's been talking about is also a part of Dave's brand. But probably the thing you've seen the most, funny enough, <laughs> has been my hat. Because this hat gets more compliments and more people making comments about it. Because it kind of like embodies like it's like video, it's it's like live, it, it's bright orange with a back, uh, black background. Uh, I've worn it on stages uh, many times. Uh, and this is the logo for Iographer. But before we talk about Iographer and that brand, Dave, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Hollywood, um, you were an extra, um, you became a director, but I want to hear, so you, you went to school with the idea of getting into Hollywood and production. Like, was that, was that, take take me from like where it went from, like, what did Dave want to be through school? And then where that initial kind of launch was? Well, uh, it's funny that you asked. Um, 
No, not remotely. I had no. I loved movies my whole life. My dad took me to see uh, Gone with the Wind like when I was a little tyke in, in an old movie theater. I just started loving movies. There was always these great romantic tales, and I wanted to be a part of that life. And so I would do all those uh, things. But when I went to school, I, I was I wanted to make money, so I took uh, I was I played football at San Diego State University. Um, uh, went there on a football scholarship and uh, studied business finance. And uh, and classical history, which really uh, I just love history, and I don't think I'll ever make money doing classical history things. But um, so I, that was my thing, and my whole goal, my end goal, was that I wanted to go to Wall Street. I wanted to be a trader. I wanted to work on the floor of the exchange. And um, right out of college, I got uh, recruited by uh, Dean Witter Reynolds, which was uh, one of the old Wall Street firms. And I went to New York and worked on the sixty third floor of the World Trade Towers. And uh, so I worked there for about a year, and uh, this is in 88, gosh, a long time, a million years ago. And I loved it, and then I came back to L.A. to uh, work on the, I was going to start, I was going to come back to L.A. to work on, uh, or San Francisco, I mean, to work at the exchange in San Francisco, the options exchange. But while I was in New York, I, I happened to be out with some uh, girls one night, as you were when you were young, and uh, I met uh, a casting director um, who uh, was knew these girls? One of the girls was a model or something, and so she was talking with them. And then she introduced me, and you know, I'm six foot three at that time. I was probably two twenty five, but still had some muscles on me, and and uh, and had this like Guido ish look about me. <laughs> so she goes, "I love your look. Would you like to be an extra in, in Rocky Five? And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have no idea what you're talking about, but <laughs> absolutely, that sounds fun." So. I took uh, two days off from work, um, much to the chagrin of my boss, and uh, went and was an extra in Rocky Five, and that was a very life-changing, weird moment for me because I sat on the set talking with Sylvester, um, who you know saw that I was so big, and you know who was I, um, and at that time, and uh, and you know wanted to know my story, and he says, you know you got to be true to yourself. You got to be true to yourself and, and what you want to do. And I'm like, gosh, you're right. I want to be an actor now. That's what I want to do. So uh, much to the chagrin of my parents who um, thought I was absolutely <laughs> bonkers. I moved back to LA and I got into being an extra in the film business. And so I, I was getting hired constantly. And, I, you know, I went from, you know, $75,000 a year job back in you know the late eighties to, $40, $50 a day being an extra on a movie thing for, you know, 15 hours of standing around. But, oh, my God, I was in, in the show called The Heat of the Night, and I was just working with all these big actors that I had seen growing up, and I just fell in love with it. Um, and, and I was just getting by because I was, like, the big guy that was the bodyguard or the cop or the mafioso or whatever. And so that just kept going and going. And then one day um, I got uh, cast in a movie called Out for Justice with Steven Seagal. Um, when he was like an amazing actor in Hollywood, I think it was like his third movie. And uh, I was one of the mafia guys and I get to go to Brooklyn and we're filming this movie and I uh, got my SAG card on it. And incidentally, um, the way I got my SAG card was I, I did a stunt in the movie. I was on the top of three flights of stairs and um, one of the bad guys shoots me and I come rolling down the stairs, like, like falling down the stairs. And I was still pretty active and in shape. And so I didn't care. I put pads all over me and I'm getting blown up. And um, I'm like, this is great. And so the, the stunt guys were like, 
you should really look and think about getting into stunts. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, are you crazy later? I thought I'm not going to go falling downstairs all the time anyway. <laughs> so I kind of, that kind of segued me way into getting an agent and I started getting movies and TV shows, mad about you news radio. Um, just tons of different TV shows. Um, and then movies, uh, my biggest one was American History X with uh, uh, oh, yeah. Edward Norton Edward Jr. Yes, and I had a great uh, scene with him, and so that was a lot of fun. And uh, so I just did all that for a long time. Worked with some of the biggest actors in town. It was an Angelina Jolie's first movie, and I mean, it's just hilarious oh, wow. when I think about all these things. Um, yeah, and then no, from there, let, let me jump in real quick because yeah, I, I think yeah. one of the big things I'll there was, <laughs> although you, although you, um, you, you. The the Stephen you know well Sylvester Stallone and yeah you know the, the different names the thing that stood out to me was um, hanging out with a model right like hold on a second like you were you know, it's like for all those that are parents and your kids are like hey I want to go hang out with a model hanging yeah. out with a model you know and being the ex football player or the you know pre- recently football player to, you know one of the themes of this show so this is this will be episode I believe eleven um, if not twelve uh, one of the themes has been uh, everyone that that I've interviewed there was an element of luck involved in their success right and yeah. such a such a you know an important element of luck and luck in many different areas but i was laughing because like right out the gate you were like you know i was at wall street which is like hey that's that's impressive to begin with and you know, like that running that life you know and then running into uh you know a casting director that you know wasn't full of crap that wasn't just trying to get with the girls you were getting actually could back up what he was what he was saying and then the fact that you went all into that right like and you were you were california before right because you went to mm-hmm. University. So you went went to New York and then went back to California. So you kind of been traveling both coasts. Uh, I'm curious when that whole like, like you said, like the financial side being drastically different uh, and being a set on the extra. You know, did you still envision one day going back to the finance world and going back to the Wall Street world, or were you like kind of like, hey, I'm checked out. Like, I want to see what this. Like, because you know, I know like telling your parents like I'm gonna be an actor, but like in like deep down, was that like. Hey, I'm gonna do this acting while it works, and then I, I still gonna go back there. Or how did how did that mentality work at that time? Yeah, so I've always been a person uh, a person of passion and wanting to follow my passions, and that's not always been a good thing. <laughs> so uh, I can but, attest but, to that to me with me as well. <laughs> <laughs> but with this, I mean, so I saw acting. I was I was having fun. I never wanted. I was never gonna go to um, to to be like like uh, Marlon Brando or somebody. I never wanted to be an Academy Award winning actor. I was just having a blast working with people that I had always seen on television or movies and, and just the whole thing about the, the, the production world and what the director did and the producer did and, and all of it. I was really interested in all of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I wanted to keep that going. But at one point, so I'd been many, I'd been years into the business and I was like, you know what, I went I, I, one year. So I did this show, um, uh, it was called Bakersfield PD. It was my first pilot. And um, to get a pilot is a big thing because that could turn into 10 years of a sitcom or whatever it is. And so right. this was a this was a sitcom on Fox um, that was with um, Giancarlo Esposito, um, who is a great actor. And he is a guy from the city who comes out to Bakersfield, California, and um, is now in this like kind of hickey. <laughs> not that they're all hickey there, but it's kind of a hickey um uh, police station, and I was this, the the guy that was in jail, but I was doing things around getting coming in and out of my cell. You know, um, <laughs> it, it just was ridiculously funny. But um, so we got picked up, and and uh, all of a sudden, I'm like, this is it. I am done, man. I'm going to be rich, and I'm having a great time, and blah blah blah. 
So um, we had picked up for 12 episodes. Um, with I think it was episode four. They had switched the writers. And the show went completely downhill from there and got oh. canceled at, at six episodes. And there went my for sure dream. <laughs> and wow. so one of the things about acting that people need to know is that you may have a passion for it, but it is a complete feast and famine business. Yes. Um, you may be working, uh, you know, I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars producing a movie but then maybe I don't have another movie for three, four years or two years or whatever, you know. So it's a very um, hard business to really crack into. I, I, so, I, um, I akin it to like panning for gold in the old Wild West, you know. So for those that those that were listening to you know episode three, uh, my buddy Mike Ganito came on, and he was he was part of um, what's the what's the acting school uh, city. Um, Second city, city or yeah, second city. He was part, he, uh-huh. he was a second city guy, um, and one of the things he talked a lot about was like it taught him how to embrace failure. <laughs> it taught him the idea of like doing your best and knowing sometimes your best isn't going to work or be the right fit in the acting space. I'm guessing it was very similar to you on that side as well, right? Because like that's such a oh, not only your way in, right? Like you had your own unique look and your own unique style, but that's also like, that means they're pigeonholed. If that's, if that gets taken up. It's not like there's, you know, every movie has 50, you know, mafia looking, uh, you know, six footers uh, in the movie as well. I'm sure that was a, a big piece of it. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that the training came. So I was, I was a football player all my life. I had these coaches that were just strong figures that mm. really shaped me in that way. And then going into wall street and becoming a broker, I was making 200 cold calls a day when I started out. And I was just, you know, how many, 99% of those, 99.9% of those were like, you know, F you or, you know, so you, you get over rejection really quickly. You, you realize it's not a personal thing. It's just a numbers game. And so going into acting, I mean, I would, I would go and audition for anything. I did not care. Um, in fact, a, a funny story that people like to hear is that one time, um, I, I saw in the, in the trades and this is back in the dark ages, right? No internet. No. any. I mean, we had fax machines. That's kind of it. And a pager. So, <laughs> so I was, I saw in the Hollywood reporter that, um, uh, Danny DeVito's company had, uh, acquired the rights to make, a um, an El- Elmore Leonard novel called, uh, get shorty. And I oh, knew yeah. the book and I was like, this is a great story. Oh my God. There's a million parts I could play in this. I want to be in this. <laughs> And so I devised a plan because you had to be super creative in those days of uh, I wanted to get onto the Fox lot and uh, and just give my headshot into the casting office there. And so I, I went to uh, in, in, in Southern California is a place called the Eagle Rock Italian Bakery. And so I went and bought a big box of cannolis. Um, I put a uh, my headshot taped to the other inside of them. And I went to the Fox lot, walked up to the gate. And I said, I have a delivery for Mr. DeVito's office. I can't remember the production company's name. And they, you know, back then it was you know, no big deal. So they let me in. <laughs> so I go in there and, um, and I walk up to his, his office. I said, I have a delivery for Mr. DeVito. And I'm starting to sweat. Oh, my God. And so <laughs> they take it from me. And, and uh, I go, thank you. And I start going out the door. And I'm like, I'm ready to just book down the street. I want to get out of there. And the, the receptionist came out. And she goes, wait a minute, Dave, wait a minute. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she knows my name. I'm in trouble. And so she goes, come back in. Danny wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh, shoot. So I go into the office, and he's chomping on one of the on the cannolis. He's like, these are delicious. Where'd you get them? You know, I told him. And he said, 
He goes, yeah, you have a really good look. You know, I go, yeah, you know, I know this book. I know the character, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, yeah, we're going to put you in the movie, man. Don't worry about it. So I got to be in in that movie by being a little ballsy. (laughs) And, you know, now all of a sudden I'm on the set, and here's John Travolta and Danny DeVito, and I'm hanging out listening to stories and just having the ball, man. So, I mean, that's, I, mean, I love that, right? I Not only like that, I mean, because that's technically what we're doing today, you know, I guess, Mark, that's guerrilla marketing at, at its like finest, the early days of like, you know, yeah. your stuff in front of the right people and, and whatever you can. I, I did like that you caveated, like, you know, you could get on the set because back then it was like pre 9-11 and pre like, you know, any of us worrying about where anyone uh, went, which is, you know, I think, it, you know, 10 years from now, we're going we're gonna to say like pre-COVID, right? Like where things are. Well, are nowadays still- it's like Fort Knox. You can't yeah. go on there if you have a pass. They check your car out. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was going to also tell you that. So that was all happening and doing well. But like I said, it was feast and famine. And so mm-hmm. uh, a buddy of mine who was still in the financial business says, hey, there's a great opening for this company um, that's institutional trading. And uh, so that's dealing with the big mutual funds and brokers and moving hundreds of thousands of shares and whatnot. And I thought, God, what a great opportunity to, you know, I wanted to, I was, I was like, I don't know, late twenties. I wanted to make money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. So they, uh, so I got into their apprentice program and, and passed everything. And, and, uh, and then my, my goal. So once I finished the training in LA, I was going to go work in their main office in New York, which was on the very top of the trade center. And, um, uh, but during that whole thing, these, the, the traders were so, they were just these bullies, the senior traders. And the, it was like this whole like hierarchy there. And, and they would talk down with you and make you feel like crap. And it was like massive hazing, like in the worst fraternity in the world. Uh, and they were just loaded with money. And, you know, and, and I got to a point where, you know, like, like one of the guys that worked there had, had come from nothing, worked his way up and really wanted this suit. And he bought this suit. Finally, he saved his money. So proud of this suit. And one day they took his jacket and he couldn't find it. And he thought, ah, ha, ha. And then three days later, the jacket's back and it was like two inches shorter everywhere. And they oh. thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And he was just heartbroken. And, oh. and, uh, and then it got to a point where I had gotten this really nice briefcase and they had taken my briefcase. And I'm like, okay, what, uh, what's the deal here? You know, where's my briefcase? And finally I stood up. I said, I want my briefcase back by three o'clock. I'm going <laughs> to kick some effing butt in here, you know? And I was like bigger than them all. And right. so, you know, long story short, I got it back. And, and at that point at home that night, I go, I don't want to do this crappy work. You know, <laughs> this is like, just wow. eating your guts inside. It's these guys are all drinking my Lanta and you know, it's like, I don't want any of this. So I, I kind of quit after, you know, about a month and I was like, I had enough of this. I'm going to go back and find something else. That I'm passionate about that. I really want to do. It's not going to be just about money anymore. Right. And um, so I went into there, but that whole sad story is that whole company with the exception of the CEO uh, died at nine 11. It was oh, Cantor Gerald. Um, and the CEO happened to take his kid to school that day and was late, but everyone else was on top floor and got, uh, so I oh. might've been there, you know, but, no uh, kidding. so that was just a weird thing. Like Dave, follow your passion. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's a, that's a right? sign there. And I, and you, and so you did bounce kind of, you went in, got a taste of the Hollywood life, went back out and then decided to kind of the, the, the passion side. I love that. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm curious too, when you're know, like, I know, I know from just the, the, some of the conversations we've had, like understand like the production side of the house, like that, that world, like when you were on the set during those like early days where you're standing around a lot, was a lot of it 
uh, like mystery or like Marvel or were they like, did it feel like everyone else was still kind of figuring it out where you could kind of pick up the trade as you went? Cause I, I mean, I have no idea what that was like back then, but I feel like you know, like now it seems such like a, a barrier to entry being like drastic, right? Like years of, uh, of, of production school and such, but like, there's probably also like, there's an element there where things are a little bit different in those days. How did you kind of get that first exposure into production and some of those other things? Yeah. So we, I mean, literally when you're an extra, you, you have hours and hours of, so you can go and sit, be, have, take a nap, um, <laughs> or you can read a book or you can mingle with people that are working and just kind of watch what they're doing. And I was always very inquisitive. And I would see, you know, this is what the grips and electric did. And this is how they did lighting correctly. And uh, this is the audio guys, how they put all their stuff together and what kind of you know, gear they were using. Um, and I was always fascinated with the camera, but I knew it was so, that was such a specialized thing that I had no, I mean, you really need to go learn those big cameras back in the day. Yeah. Um, and, but then I saw what the producer did. And a lot of times he'd be sitting in a chair smoking a cigar and telling everybody what the hell to do. And so I started to die. I started to be friends with these guys and listening to what they were doing. And, and I saw that, that a lot of their job was putting money together to, to make the, the project, um, to work with distribution, um, to all that stuff. And that really interests me. Um, and I thought, God, I want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy that, you know, saying five lines and, and is gone for the day. I want to be the guy that does all that. And so I really started to learn all of that on my own. And um, uh, one day, um, you know, I had an opportunity. There's there's a thing called uh, the American film market um, out here in L.A. Um, oh, my cousin, Tina. Hello, Tina. Um, <laughs> uh, the film market in L.A. Um, is basically all the movie, all the companies in the world come to here to buy movies for their countries, um, U.S. movies, whatever, wherever they are. Um, so I would go there and walk around and learn things. And this particular time, I, I met uh, Danny Aiello, who's an Academy Award-winning actor. His son yeah. um, uh, was wanting to be a director. And so I just kind of met him at a bar right there and started talking with him and, and told him I was a producer, which I had no idea though that I was, but I just <laughs> made it up. And he goes, well, I got this great script and blah, 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 blah. And I was like looking at it. And I thought, wow, this is cool, man. And I read it and right there after we were drinking. And um, I said, you know what? I, I can put this together for you. How much, what kind of budget do we need? And um, he goes, I'm looking for, you know, like a million eight or something like that. My dad will be in it. Um, it basically had attached to it 99% of the Sopranos cast before the Sopranos. So, oh, wow. you know, like, like big pussy guy was in it, oh, yeah. uh, Pastori. I mean, a lot of, oh. a lot of guys were in it. So, um, so I went walking around. I, I had a pass. So I went walking around the film market and just started BSing my way <laughs> and uh, and got to a company that said, wow, this is great. And, and, and literally within 45 days, I had put together about uh, $1.9 million um, to make this movie. And all of a sudden, I'm a producer in Hollywood. <laughs> and nice. so you know, that, that just kind of started my whole production world. I learned on the job, um, surrounded myself with smart people, and then went from there to uh, my last job was producing stuff for Lifetime Television, um, executive producing for them. But I worked with Mel Gibson's company, producing a movie. I mean, I had done tons of stuff producing. And I love that aspect of it. But literally, once again, if you are not, um, uh, you know, working for 20th Century Fox or Warner Brothers, where you're a studio producer, 
it's absolutely um, a feast and famine role again. So, you know, a little more feasting, but still, you know, a lot of famine. <laughs> so that, that just kind of like drove me nuts. I love that. It's so like, you know, Mike, my good friend was on in the th- third episode who has the acting background. Of course, Jennifer, my partner, uh, Weather Channel TV. Um, she would probably even be most impressed with the Lifetime side of the house because that's where she, like, <laughs> I always say she like she watches the Weather Channel and Lifetime. So she's she has that that market covered with like the all the other 60 year olds and, and Jennifer uh, in that piece. And then, of course, with your background. And I love you know, like part of like not only luck. But like following your passion, making your own luck in many in many cases, um, and also kind of like learning on the job, learning on the fly. And I know you know that kind of leads a lot into I'd say closer to present day with you know where you kind of went to where where we're at biographer now. And I know like you know you had your son, which um, also kind of drastically changed a couple of the things in your life. Um, talk about a little bit like those times, like from like hey, this is my Hollywood, like this is the Hollywood world and production. Uh, I mean and I mean, to me, like, the craziest thing is like one episode on SportsCenter, like just ha- anchor the desk or like an extra on one show would be like top of the line for me. Like that's like I screw the stages <laughs> that I'm speaking on. And the like I like to me, I've always had like that, that, that side. Um, but you've you had that. And then I did see a couple of good questions coming in from the live audience that I'm going to uh, break into as well, because uh, the idea of having all that background. And then having, you know, these random yahoos that come from random backgrounds that tell people to press the damn button and don't have any production uh, background. And I'm sure that had a lot of impact. But talk us a little bit through that shift where, hey, I'm still following my passion, but I'm following in a different direction. And and the I'd say the origin of iographer. Well, it's interesting because so my wife, um, Lauren, uh, was a big production designer. So she did like shows like Dexter and Weeds and Mad About You. I'm not Mad About You. I'm trying to think of the other one. Lots of big shows from Showtime. And, um, and, but, you know, she's working 15, 16 hour days. It's exhausting. You know, I'm, I'm doing the same, but it's feast and famine. And so we both came to a point where we're like, we're kind of sick of this. We want to do some, some more, you know, something more that we can really grasp and put our hands around and drive. And so we've had some money saved up and, um, <clears throat> My, my entertainment attorney said, you should go make a movie, Dave, go direct a movie. And this is when, um, this is when uh, Panasonic had just released. Now, no, I came from the film world with right. tons of, you know, you know $500,000 cameras, you know, and yep. uh, developing your film and whatever. And all of a sudden Panasonic released this camera called the DVX 100. And it was a, a small, it was a camera about this big. Let me see. Where's my camera here? And it had um, it shot in 24 frames per second, which was the key there. Uh-huh. And um, the fact that it would do that, it would look filmic, and you can do all kinds of fun stuff with it. I'm like, oh my god, this is fantastic! So I bought this camera for two grand, and I, I, I got in touch with USC Film School, and I said, do you have any up and coming cinematographers and and any audio people? And so I started recruiting these wonderful kids. Kids now they're ancient like me. <laughs> um, and I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm making this movie and I found this, this girl who wrote a script that was like, uh, one of the things that I had learned through watching all the production was how to keep the cost down. And I thought, okay, I have access to my parents' big house, which looks like it could be in the mountains somewhere. I have access to my old high school really, if I wanted to blah, blah, blah. So I found this script that was like a 10 little Indian story. Um, it was called, um, uh, uh, well, it was called Death Click, but, um, I forgot the name of it originally, but 
it's it's these uh it's these eight or ten friends eight friends and uh and they're going up to uh, grandma's house in the mountains to have a party weekend and someone's killing them off one by one and um and so i, I love the story blah 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 so we shot it for about twelve thousand dollars um in eight days um, wow. with uh, just casting local talent and getting some great uh, production people to work with us um and uh, you know we ended up selling this movie uh for six figures to blockbuster Wow. Um, so they were buying, um, they were buying up uh, movies at that time. They needed as many. I mean, blockbusters were booming. We yep. need more product in there, and so, so we did that. And then um, that just got what what that taught me was because I edited the whole thing. I, I learned how to do oh. nonlinear editing with Adobe Premiere Pro early on, and uh, you know, wow. I I wanted to. I was because I was amazed. That you could do this on a computer now, where you right because you had seen you had seen the production standing oh. around that whole time, right? Like wow. And so I was able to do all this on my own computer, uh, finish it and everything, and then deliver it. Um, you know, I would have this final product where I had to take it to a, a place where they transcoded it into these giant Betamax tapes, so they could turn them in for deliverable, yep. um, which you don't even do anymore. And um, so that whole that whole time got me so excited about technology, and I just started to just love it and love it, and and seeing how things had changed, and I just became this incredible technophile guy. And yeah. so then that took me into um, getting a job offer as a teacher. Um, so uh, one of my best friends growing up was head of the career technical education for. Um, uh, my rival high school, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she says, do you want to come and teach media um, to these kids? And I was like, yeah, you know. And so here I am teaching media um, and the best job I ever had in my life. I loved it. I was teaching them wow. how to be storytellers. Who's going to be the next Spielberg? Oh, Who's yeah. going to be the next documentarian? Let's go film football games. And that was it. I fell in love. That was my dream job that I ever had. I, I was like, wow, you know. And then you kind of go, why didn't I do this 20 years ago? But then what had it all worked if I had done it 20 right, years yeah, no ago? Kidding. Yeah, you need the background. Yeah, that, that is an interesting piece of that. So then, so, uh, so while I was doing, while I was there, of course, like, you know, my son was born. Yep. Um, and I started to see that people needed, uh, or my kids needed to have a better way to film with because we, we were we were in a fluent high school, but we really only had five or six cameras in the room, and I had 130 kids all day. Wow! And so, if I wanted Brian to go out and make his great movie with three of his friends, well, that would tie up a, a, a camera for three or four days, and other kids would have nothing to do. So I said, let's start using um, these iPad things because they had just come out, and I was like, these things are pretty damn cool, man. And so I got a little budget to get like 10 of them and we started to film with them and I was getting way more work done. And the, the drawback was that, um, you know, I was getting shaky video, horrible audio, you know, just all these problems. And so that's when I started to tinker around for the iographer. <laughs> ah, I don't think I'd heard that part. I knew this. I knew the teacher part, um, which I think it's funny because, um, you know, I oftentimes when I'm, someone's introducing me, they're like, you know, no, Brian, Brian has like a most unique background of random thing. Dave, I think you got me beat. Like, and which is kind of like a, a cool segue of like, you know, you have the, the wall street to the extra, to the, you know, back to wall street, to the you know production, to hosting, to, and all 
that too is, uh, uh, and we both have this similarity, which is not a good one to have, you know, chasing your passion oftentimes leads you to a place of making a lot less money. Even if you love what you're doing, there's like a path to, you know, like path to become a teacher is not the path to uh, the riches of Wall Street. Very similar to me being, you know, leaving my government gig that I had for uh, a long while and, you know, each step. But I love that, like that piece of progression, but also you, you seem to be like, you would see that wave of where things are all going, but also where your passion kind of threaded there, right? And mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think this is also interesting too, because with the iPad, with the iPhone, like I think those early days, no one was really thinking about that from like a, a, a you know, let's say a movie production. Like, I mean, you were definitely oh, yeah. bleeding edge for that, even that concept, right? I mean, it took, I mean, I think it took to the iPhone seven before they like yeah 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 i think it was the eight eight when they first said like shot on iphone and like because you didn't even like you didn't even want to tell people that your iphone was taking pictures for instagram right like so i mean that's like way early on and so but with all so you had the experience raising capital you know uh you know wall street experience of you know uh knocking down you know people's doors um you know the idea of you know how you got on the acting stages of you know making anything work just to get your, your thing in front of people, you know, then you, then you become the teacher, right? Where, I mean, I think a lot of that's like people are fed to you. And I think mm-hmm. teachers are you know, one of the most unsung professions there is in the world. Uh, the mother of my kids is, is a, is a teacher and a, an amazing teacher uh, at that. I was the worst student ever. So I always feel like I respect <laughs> teachers more because I feel so bad for what they had to put up with whenever I was um, in school. And so you have that, that all those experiences, you have the kids that are media, you have your own kids, but like you don't have startup experience technically, right? You don't have like, no. you don't have any product experience and any startup experience, right? Okay. Cause I wanted to clarify that. Cause for those that are listening, when you're thinking about all these different paths, I think a lot of times we assume even when you have different bouts of your background, all of them were like very layered in that got you to the one. And I, I'm like, wait a second. Like I, I, I my theme has no. been like, stripping the mechanics out of a lot of things, right? Like there's a lot of themes that probably made it to making it to what you've done, but the idea of like what the actual physical product. So take us through that. I look, like how, do, so you're, you're teaching, you're realizing that people are creating, but they have that shaky video. Um, it, they also looks really unprofessional. I remember um, the very first time IBM brought me on stage uh, was right when Meerkat came out. And mm-hmm. so this is um, Rest in peace. January 2014, right? January, 2014. <laughs> uh, and they bring me on stage and I remember that they're like, yeah, this is a kid live streaming. He's got 2,800 people watching him. And like, I walk up there and like the pictures of me look as like, I'm talking <laughs> like, like that, did you just get that get off the street? And like, you think what he's doing is of any quality, right? Cause he didn't have any layer of like, I already dressed the way I dressed, but like on top of that was just like me holding a phone. Right. And I, yeah. and I remember <laughs> like my first impression of the biographer was getting at me and like, yes, steady. Yes. But I was like, oh my God, I, I immediately, because some of my contracts were the Super Bowl and I had some big ones that, but I needed to level up that for them to even respect the medium. So, so how did that? How did that come? So you discovered Kickstarter, I think, from a, a student, right? From a student in your yeah. So one of my one of my kids uh, said you should get this on. So I, so I designed this thing. I sketched it on okay. an iPad. Um, I, I from there I sent it to an engineer friend who designed it for me what I wanted. And then we took that and put it into a 3D printer. And all of a sudden, this thing worked. I popped in my iPad mini. I could screw it onto a tripod. I was so impressed with 3D printing, to be quite honest. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And, um, and that was it. I was, I was kind of done. I mean, I had no aspirations. Oh, I'm going to start a startup and everything. You know, I was just having a good time. I was a teacher. I loved what I did. 
And um, one of the students said, you should try out uh, Kickstarter with this thing. I'm like, what the heck is that? So um, I looked into that and I was like, oh, what the heck? Let's see what happens, you know? And, and all of a sudden I'm getting, you know, the Wall Street Journal, Forbes. I mean, all these places calling me. And, you know, um, one of the big places that called me um, later after all this was over was, um, was uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Shark Tank. Oh, yeah. And um, so the Shark Tank. So anyway, let me get to that eventually. But so I did yep. the whole thing. We, we, we presented this, uh, this and got the Kickstarter made. And I literally was like, what the heck am I going to do now? I don't know how to mass produce anything. I don't know how to package all this. What am, what am I going to do to get this to market? I mean, I have all these people that bought it. What am I, what am I doing? <laughs> so um, luckily in the classroom, I had a, a, a kid whose parent um, owned an injection molding company. Uh, because these things had to be injection molded. I didn't know anything about injection molding. Now I know everything I could possibly want to know. Um, I had another kid whose parents owned a, um, a packaging company um, that dealt with like Lancome and all these places. And uh, so all of this just started coming together. And um, I was like, feeling a lot better at that time. And then one of my best uh, students uh, had had for many years, his dad and I, who were really, really good friends, um, had come and, and saw what I was doing. Um, I think we, he, well, he's a, he's a Disney attorney, uh, big, big wig. Um, and so he, he would let me bring my top students to my seniors to Disney every year, um, to go to the animation um, room, oh. to go, um, into the studios and learn about it and whatnot. This particular year we were walking around, the kids had two biographers, uh, 3d prints of them, and they were filming and walking around. And, um, and so he really got curious about what all this was. And he does, he's a smart guy, did a lot of homework and took me for a long walk, um, <laughs> later in that week and said, I, I've drafted a $500,000 check and I want to be your partner. So let's wow. do this for real. And so that just all kind of fell in my lap and, um, you know, <laughs> no, you're making your own luck, right? That's just another example your of making luck. your own luck. So, yeah. And that just, so that started the whole thing. And, and I really, tried to do both jobs as long as I could. I loved teaching. I did not want to give up teaching because the kids were teaching me about Snapchat. I mean, I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, this is stupid. What, what you, you, it goes away? Like, what do you want this for? And then we started using it early on in Niagrapher as a way of communicating with customers who had a question on a Friday night at the football game. How do I do this? And I could just jump on, do a quick video and it got to them. And and, you know, all of that started working. They taught me about Instagram. They taught me, you know, and so that got me into learning. I better learn about social media because this thing's, you know, no one's going to buy magazine ads. No one's going to buy newspaper you know, classifieds. I mean, this is real time and awesome. So I love that they would keep me on that edge and learn uh, more and more about all that. So this is where this, so I owe your, I owe your students then for this, because this is the, the segue <laughs> to where I, you know, is probably one of my favorite stories there is to tell is like our first connection. The first time you engaged with me uh, directly, especially from like an under like an iographer piece was via Snapchat. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, you sent me a Snapchat and you, you were in Hawaii at the time. Is that, is that correct? If I remember this, you were in Hawaii and I remember um, Snap I was all in at Snapchat at, the, at that point, live video and Snapchat. And like I was getting bombarded with like influencer opportunities. Um, at one point, I had like boxes of gear that was just getting stacked outside my house um, because of the live streaming was taking off and none of us really knew what we were doing. But it was um, and I remember getting the snap from you. And part of it was like you were sitting like under like a palm tree uh, and you were sitting with your wife and you're like, hey, like. 
I, I have some gear or something I think you would really love, but yeah. I'm, I'm over here in Hawaii. Hopefully you can wait till I get back and I'll get you something. And yeah. I will tell you for all of the outreaches I've ever had from any brand, that one stood out to me in a way that like to this day, it's still the best that I've ever had. And <laughs> I became a fan before I ever got your product. Right. And like, to me, that is such the, like the beauty of this. And we became friends afterwards. We've been able to travel to a lot of the same events. Um, we, I've, the number of products that you've, as you've increased products, I've increased products that I'm using because a lot of them I have here. Um, but I think like how, how interesting is that too, from a standpoint of your students teaching you that? Cause I, you, like you said, when you remove that part of your second job, yes, it's a, a you're freeing up more time for photographer, but you're also losing that extension of like learning bleeding edge kids, trying something and telling things, um, you know, that don't work or do work. Um, also at that point, technology was, Yes, it changes fast. We can say all the time. But I also feel like people, we were sticking with our devices a little longer back then. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, and you adapted to this uh, in the, with the product. But like, I mean, back then, I got, you, you kept the, you got one phone, you kept it, you know, at least two years. Um, uh-huh. Now I'm the opposite guy where like no every new iPhone, every iPhone comes out, I'm on it. Um, like, I remember that outreach. And I have to like, when you were doing that, was that, was, were you doing outreach to like, was that something strategic a lot from that? Cause you were saying customer service, but like from an outreach to like get people a product, like what was the mentality there early on with iographer kind of penetrating that, especially the live video space during that like late 2013, early 2014 years? Yeah, no, I thought uh, I would look for people that were just passionate about everything. Like I felt, um, I, I saw you as one of those people um, you know, you jumped on Meerkat super early. I remember where that when that came out at South by Southwest, and it was like, wow, this is just cutting edge that we could do all these things. And I remember using it. Um, I think it was that same uh, Hawaii trip, um, and it was either that or Periscope. But I remember just turning it on for a second, walking around the USS Missouri battleship, and you know, hi, I'm here in the front of the Missouri. This is where the famous uh, surrender of the Japanese was. Blah blah. blah. And it started having like 10, 50, 60, 150, 410. I'm like, holy crap. And they were like, hey, Dave, this is awesome. Can you go back to that one area? I want to see it again. Like, oh, yeah, oh, let's yeah. walk over here, you know. And I was like, this is insane, man. <laughs> this is this is where this is going to happen. You know, people can watch this. And then they can watch it later if they wanted to. They don't have to watch it live. You know, they could just yep. join us later. But I was just, oh, my God, it was so thrilling to see that. So I was looking for people that were interested in that world, that were seeing this as a medium to connect, to to really, you know, I, I can be here where I am, I can send it to you in Timbuktu, and you can really connect with what I'm doing because you're doing great things there. And I, my, my whole philosophy behind biographers is that I really want to find, I want to help out the great storytellers in the world, whether they're five years old or 105 years old. You know, what are your stories that you're going to tell in your part of the world? Because now we can communicate like never before. Right. And and I just love hearing new and new stories uh, from people all over the place. Well, you know, I think there's something beautiful there, too, like in the enablement element, right? Like, because not only are you helping from the storytelling quality, right? Less, less, you know, shaking, you're able to add external microphones, external um, light. But like, I remember, and like, it's funny that South by Southwest is when, like, I happened to find out Meerkat two weeks before South by. So I had mm-hmm. the head start on everyone else, which was the reason that my Meerkat took off. And I, you know, I was at 12,000 people watching me ride in an Uber on the way to South by oh, because wow. I had, because I had tried it once when I was in Barcelona a couple of weeks earlier 
earlier. Uh, and then like exactly a year later, Dell had brought me back um, to the event. And the funny thing about it was at the time, per Periscope of course had come out, um, rumors of Facebook Live, and I was running five devices at the time, right? And oh, I was wow. like, I had, I had gone that, and there, there was a shot that like Dell, when they reached out to me, they were like, we want you, and this was the what one of our executives saw, and it was literally an iographer case on top of a tripod with like two dual mounts with two iPhones on top of the iographer yeah. case, right? And uh, I still have that photo somewhere. I'll, I'll have to push it That's out awesome. there. Uh, and it was one of those things too, where it, you know, it enabled quality, but it also, it added some validity to what I was doing. And I think that's a beautiful thing in storytelling. Cause I think a lot of times once you, like someone validates like, Hey, like I need to give this person a chance. Now, if you, mm -hmm. you know, you're passionate, you have that, the stories to tell, um, you can do it. And I think that's the beauty of, you know, everyone having a device doesn't mean everyone's a storyteller or good at creating video. Like, I mean, look at the average Facebook Live still to this day, right? Like, yeah. uh, there's a, still a lot of bad content. Um, but there were some there were some comments here about. You know, I'm curious from your stand. Like, we're going to talk a little bit more about iographer as well because I want to hear a little bit about like the evolution. But like, as that whole process is going on, and even like when you did the outreach to me, and I, I remember you sent gear, and you're like. And a lot of times when I get sent gear, especially from a startup, um, it's like a barrage of like, what can you do for me? And I can tell you, um, this was 2014 when our when our relationship first started, six years. Dave mm. has never asked once for anything. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing as a as a as a founder, but I, don't, I can I, tell you. I learned from from you know cold calling a million people that either they're gonna like what I have to say. Or they're not, and so I'm gonna. I want to give you what I think is really gonna help you, or make you do better things with your product, your your video, or whatnot. And then I'm gonna leave you alone, <laughs> you know. And, and is, if they don't speak is, for themselves, then why? I'm not gonna sit and sell it to you. They have to speak for themselves. Which I think is such a lesson too in this day and age right now, right? Where you know, because there was there is a tendency to like there's extremes on both sides. Like people would send gear to my house when my my address had got leaked out for a little while there. They didn't even put their name of the company in the product in the package. Like like even if I liked their product, I couldn't even promote. I, like I was googling a couple. Of, I remember this one light kit that I had gotten. I was like I couldn't even find them on social, right? And like so there's people that right. just kind of like blast it out there and be like, oh, working with influencers doesn't work. There's the other extreme where they send you something and they barrage you over time, right? That there's this like a beautiful synergy in like product relationship conversation, making things work at certain times, things don't work at other times. Um, you know, and like I'll fast forward to 2020 real quick and just a product perspective. You know, I'm flushed into this virtual world um, that we all were thanks to COVID, and we both we all had to like kind of pivot in that sense. But I was doing a keynote um, the first week of April this year, uh, and my power went out. It was not raining. My power went out. Mm. It was sunny outside. It was like 5.45 in the evening. And I had a product from my iographer, which is a, a, a ring light that stands, puts on your table, but it plugs in USB. And I had a power supply. And I plug into the power supply, I hit the button. That was a $10,000 gig that 10 minutes in, the power went out. I ended oh up getting God. on and finishing the entire gig via my iPhone and the iographer ring light on my desktop plugged in. I still have the picture where it's like, like this cast shadow, but it became a thing like rolling with the punches. But for yeah. me, there was like something that, like, it was so funny. Like as I'm doing it, I'm like, damn, thanks Dave for that Snapchat message. Right. Like, <laughs> so like from, a, from like a, from a customer, from an influencer, from a friend, like there's also like this beautiful piece of like when it's, when it's two way, right. When, 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 when both people are getting something out of it, 
and when things are you know evolving and, and and kind of you know kind of rolling with what's going on. And so you had the Kickstarter, you had some of the the, the Shark Tank. You've also had like multiple different products in multiple different arenas, uh, mm -hmm. winning awards, you know, um, competitors, you know, putting out some stuff that are similar. Um, but you've also done a really good job of like partnership with some products as well, right? From, uh, from microphones to, uh, you know, from audio. Talk a little mm -hmm. bit about what has it been like having a product that I wouldn't say is attached to live streaming or video. It's more of attached to the mobile concept, right? So it's more mobile mm -hmm. than, than the, the, the live piece, but like this, I mean, since we started, I mean, since I started 2014 with live, I mean, it has gone through every iteration imaginable. How has that mm -hmm. been from your side with like products? You know, like I mean, I've always loved having like the um, having the the fisheye lens on the back end, right? Because it's another th way for me to stand out when I told stories. But then mm -hmm. I remember like the iPhone changed the back and completely mm -hmm. screwed with the fisheye lens, right? So then like mm -hmm. you like you like that. I mean, how has that been from your side? Like, what is the, what does that world look like for you? And like, do you still? I know you're passionate for what you do, but has there been moments of like? How the hell do I continue to keep up with this ever-changing mobile world? Like, what is that? What is that? Yeah, that's that's been a big challenge because um, our first cases, everything fit the actual device. So if you had the iPhone six plus, the case was for the iPhone six plus. Um, and so the problem with that model is that uh, the molds, you know, cost sixty sixty five thousand dollars to make a mold. Yeah. Um, and this you know, is, yeah. this is the next version. This isn't the original. I have, game changer, yeah. I, I have, I have, I have the original. Actually, I have the original in my bedroom right now. Actually, funny enough, uh, because my daughter's, my daughter's like, what are all these stickers on the back? But yeah, so, so yeah, so yeah, that was the the the. So you know, do a, a mold. So the mold was, of course, the uh, the front end cost, but like packaging for that particular product. You know, and, and most of that, that you were you were getting the. I mean, let's, I'm an iPhone person, so we're going to be biased to iPhone for the moment. Like, you get the specs and everything after it's released, right? Like, you're not Apple, like Apple is such right. like it's Fort Knox to so get anything, right? Since since day one, um, we have been friends with Apple Engineering and Apple Education. They've been huge supporters of us since day one. Uh, my good friend Tim David's an Apple engineer, and uh, you know I've given them tons of products. They've they've been great um, showing them to the world for us. Have they once told me what the new specs were? No. <laughs> so I'm on MacRumors.com. I'm searching oh, yeah. all the websites, you know, to try and find out. In fact, we have a new, uh, there's a new phone coming soon. And um, and so, you know, uh, what's that going to be like? Yep. But I usually have heart attacks. Um, and, uh, you know, they well, here's an example. They just released the new um, iPad. Um, I think it's the new, I don't know what's the, Air or something, but anyway, yeah, the air, yeah, ten point nine inches. Okay, so they went from ten point two. They didn't go to eleven. They went ten point nine. So our our latest iPad cases are ten point two. Um, they fit our ten point five. They fit that range of things. Ten point two, ten point five. The eighth yeah. generation that just came out. They fit all those. But now we don't have anything for the ten point nine. You know. So luckily, we, we had been in development before um, COVID happened of a multi-case that, uh, that would open up um, and expand in different ways, still had our patented handles, still had shoes on top, you could put it on tripods, but now, you know, oh, I have the 12.9 iPad, oh, I have the Microsoft Surface, I'm in the yep. NFL, um, oh, I have, you know, the, uh, the tablet Chrome tab, you know. Now we uh, it's opening us up to all of that, and we saw that coming 
through the success of the multi case that you just showed for yep. the phone. So now, I mean, that that fits anything from the iPhone um, six all the way up to um, to any latest iPhone plus most Androids too. The exception, I think, there's one Android it doesn't fit. It's like the Note, you know, ten yep. plus, gigantic. But yeah, there you go. So you just slip it right in there. You're ready to go. Um, yep. We're we we distribute case lenses, so you can screw on all kinds of different lenses if you want. You know, yeah. lots of options, and that's the original iPad. Yeah, that's our iPad Mini case. Yep. Yeah. So I got my iPad Mini in there, and uh, it's actually loaded up because my daughters have been, have really enjoyed. Um, they had the GoPro for such a long while, and then uh, having the iPad has changed even the way that my daughter even like before my my daughter was talking to her like it was a YouTube video, and now she's actually like creating some video. Uh, so that's, oh, that's why it's cool. even it's in the case on the tripod right now because it, uh, I would be picking up tonight, and they'll be, I'm I guarantee it'll be played with tonight uh, on that oh, side. That's awesome. Yeah, Dude, so that's I, what I made it for. I want people to just create and be creative. And tell stories and, you know. And I think that's, you know, like, Dave, part of that, too, is, like, I mean, you have a big heart. And you are, anyone who, you're a big guy, but you are, you have a big, anyone who's met you at an event, or anyone who's, I mean, it's amazing from, like, a reputation perspective. And I don't think I've even told you this. Like, every person that I've ever known that's ever met you or sees an IR for product or sees about my hat, they immediately gush about you and how great of a person you are and how connecting you are and you you're you're doing introductions you're passing people on and so like yes there's a passion yet but i tell you what your your personality and like what it like i mean the advocacy you've you create around things has so much to do with who you who you are and like just your ability to really relate like i mean jennifer uh i mean jennifer my partner I was, eventually at one point she was like i just really love dave like and she's like i, I messaged dave and got this and i was like Hold on, Dave was my friend first. Like, wait a second. Like, how you're always first, Brian. Don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah. You're always first. <laughs> but I think, like, you know, and also like adapting to social media, working with social media influencers. You know, figuring out when something does work, when it doesn't work. So, like, you know, like in your product. So, if anyone in the book bag that I also wear, it's also an iographer book bag. Um, David sent um, some iographer book bags uh, my way. And at the time, I had this big, bulky um, Oakley book bag, which I still have somewhere. Um, and I switched over to the book bag. And then you have green, which is the, I have back here. And I made it known for the last seven months that I hate green screens, like despise green screens. And mm -hmm. it partially was because the three that I had been sent to me over the years were such a pain to get straight, get lit, and figure out, right? And so when I saw that you had that, you sent this over. And I can tell you, I've done four videos this week, all four of them leveraged this damn green screen behind awesome. me so awesome. like so there's a part so like the, your your enablement a lot of that so i'm curious from like you know you've had to adapt with covid you, you the the growing the business lots of different products give us a little bit of like the like what is the what, what is the pain point now for you as far as adoptions there's a couple there's a question earlier uh i think michael tomer had asked about like you know what are your thoughts about like product everyone's a filmmaker and a production person now um in this new world and, and i kind of know you to know enough like how you love empowering everyone to feel that and it's not really a competition but i also have listened to like i've watched the videos you create for the school and the content you create and for those that haven't consumed there and, and one of my good friends actually one of the best video people that i've ever worked with my entire life mike chesworth um he jumped in here and made a comment and mike is a videographer I mean, works with PETA, lots of different brands out of Phoenix. Um, but when when you work with like a videographer, someone that knows the craft, mm -hmm. their ability to kind of empower the, um, the the novice while also being able to relate with the expert is that is that massive skill. And I know that's what you have, but I can almost guarantee like. 
from a product basis, that has to be hard, right? Like, cause like you, like, I mean, like me, like the things I'm going to request from my biographer are a lot different than the person that, that finally got their you know, first case to hold the phone. How mm-hmm. do you balance kind of that whole world? Because I know you are so dialed in and you are so knowledgeable that has to be a little bit of a difficulty. Yeah, no, um, it's funny because my, my business partner has kept me very grounded because um, I'll, I'll get really techy about everything. But he's like, Dave, I don't understand a word you're saying. You got to bring it down, way down to me. And so I'm able, one of the things that, in fact, I just had this gushing message from this, this person this morning. Um, when they come on the chat line um, to ask about a product or I have this new uh, iPhone 10 and, and I want to buy some of your products, but what should I do? And so I'll spend five minutes and I'll, I'll use um, the, the app Loom, L-O-O-M, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and I'll make a video and I'll say, hi, this is the case you could do and this is what it does for you. And this is the lenses that you might want to attach. And oh, if you're going to shoot outdoors, you might want to put on an indie filter and this will work with that. If you're trying to get good audio, you know, here's how you plug this in. And I'll send this to them. And she was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest video I've ever got from a company. I'm going to and she ordered like immediately. And so I think things like that, you know, just take people. If you can just give a little bit like that, I, I think you're going to get a lot back. But going uh, talking about the different customers that we have, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm working on some chatbot stuff right now to help me out because I'm a small company. Yeah. Um, well, I, there's two of us really. <laughs> so, and we sell worldwide, you know. <clears throat> and um, you know, I, I want to uh, you know use many chat. I've tried to go down the rabbit hole of many chat and learn it myself. And we just can't learn everything, even though we want right. to. We try. So I was on with someone um, that I'm going to work with and they were asking me about, uh, you know, what is my ideal customer avatar? And that's kind of where it ends. There yeah. is not. There's if you have a phone or an iPad or a Chromebook and you can make video, that's kind of who it is. You're the mom and pop filming yep. Joey's soccer game. You're the coach coaching football. want to make your, your players better. Um, you're, you know, you're the, the small business that needs to make little videos for Facebook to tell about your business. You're the big company like Tupperware that we're working with right now that wants to get all of their workers out there with great video gear to do better live videos. So that is the, the, the pain point that I have, but I love it because it keeps me on my toes. And I, I look at stuff and go, wow, we need a new green screen because I'm seeing all these people at home with these really crappy walls or old furniture. I feel bad, you know, and they're trying to do these professional videos and they're sitting on the edge of their bed and there's some, you know, towels that are unfolded behind them. And I'm like, just, you know, get a little green screen, you know, with, especially with zoom and things like that, you, you kind of don't even need lights sometimes. If you just have lights in the house, it it, it does a good enough job now, which is unheard of. Um, And, you know, it's, so anyway, I try and find things to help people's lives be easier. And I, I, you know, I test them like gangbusters on myself. And then I go, okay, yeah, this is something we just released. I don't know if I sent it to you yet, but it's a, it's a boom pole for distance interviews and whatnot. I saw your your Instagram post on it. So I I don't have it, but I saw your post on it. That came about really from a conversation I had with Michigan State University. Um, Their, their journalism and their film school use our products. And they, you know, they buy a bunch every year and they came about, hey, do you have anything for this type of an interview with social distancing? I'm like, no, I don't. But you know what? I sure as hell should. So yeah. I started to test out a bunch of different things and we put together an interview kit 
um, that's you know six feet away, plugs into your device, all no brainer, and you're good to go. And so, uh, you know, just I try to adapt to wherever we are all the time. Otherwise, you're going to be a dinosaur, and that's it. <laughs> what is your? I'm curious, just from a um, like, what is your from like, like from the green screen or even the pull, like from ideation to finding the manufacturer, finding like how? I guess you've had that that process pretty dialed in now because I feel like you you come to market fairly quick. Is that, I mean, you, you're leveraging that ability because I think you've learned that because I, I, I'm always impressed that like you have something. I'm like, how do you, like, even the, like for those that are, you know, I, ha I have one actually sitting here in the box still. Um, so I'll actually give one of these away because I have one sitting here. All right. Um, so this is the, um, my lights. There you go. It's the ring light. Uh, so if any of your kids um, are on TikTok and every kid wants to have a light on their TikTok, a ring light. Like everyone's buying these ginormous ring lights that they have to like leave in their living room, which then I see on every Instagram story, these poor parents have to deal with these obnoxious ring lights, which I have three of them in my house, which are obnoxious. I love that yours is like tabletop plugs in a USB, USB to wall or USB. Um, like I had to a power supply, but like what, what, what are maybe what, what's your secret? What's the enablement that allows you to go to market as fast as you do? Cause I'm, I'm always impressed because I assume small budget, small team, very innovative guy, it's still going to be hard to make it happen. And you do it really well. You know, it, a lot of times it'll be me, honestly, like doodling <laughs> something that I think would be really cool. And then I show it to these manufacturers that I've gotten to know. And I'll say, can you make this? What kind of price point can we get? How many, if we buy a thousand or 10,000, you know, does it make economical sense so that I can still sell it inexpensively enough to my customers and still make a little buck here or there and that's kind of you know and, and it's just been really fortunate that i've got hooked up with some really good manufacturers that i trust that i've spent you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars with and you know we haven't had any hiccups yet knock on wood um so it's just you know finding the right partners to do business with you know ordering small to begin with doing sample orders you know things like that um you know exploring overseas there's lots of places overseas um to get stuff that, that are still really high quality. And it's funny because a lot of people think, oh, if it's overseas, it's not good. Well, the reason that a lot of things overseas are less expensive is because the materials and uh, you know in that country are inexpensive. That's the price right. of the materials. It's not right. that they're crap, but you know, steel in one country is not the same as steel in here in the US, you know. For sure. And and so that's that's kind of the the, the way we go and do stuff. When we can buy here uh, locally, um, we do. We make all of the iographers uh, cases and stuff here in California. That was a big thing for me. I wanted nice. to be able to go, to go down to the manufacturing plant, make sure that uh, everything was going well, you know, when we were first starting out. Um, could I make those overseas a lot cheaper? Yes, but I don't want to. I love, I make enough money. I love that I'm employing people and I love that it's local and, and still made in the USA does have things, you know, a little thing to it still, thank God, you know? So, but yeah, it's really trial and error and learning. Um, you know, I, I it's funny because people are like, you should do a class on all this. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> I enjoy just <laughs> talking to people about it. Well, with that in mind, you
You also, you know, you've written a book, have um, a school part oh, for getting it. people to, to learn on that side. You have, like I said, the new products that are popping up all the time. I mean, like, uh, and like for those that, you know, are following me, they, you have some of the stuff on Amazon, on my Amazon store. Um, almost all the other stuff that I use is up on my website, uh, on the gear page, but we'll put out some links in the, in the bios, make sure you guys uh, are able to get a hold of all of that stuff. Um, Dave, I'm curious, you know, like as someone like, so for me getting into a product side has always been the the goal. Like that for me has been something where, and I always said like, I didn't know what the product ever was. Um, like everyone was like, Oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? And I was like, no, I don't really want to be an entrepreneur. I'm a guy that like, I'm a very passionate brand. Like I wear my passion and my brands on my sleeve. <laughs> like literally, mm-hmm. I mean, I got a Steelers tattoo on my, on my leg. Like I've always been that way. But there's also like this, like there's a lot of unknown also where, you know, like, you know, there's a trend where everyone can be a drop shipper these days. Um, there's also a trend where uh, everyone can have a t-shirt business. I'm curious, uh, not not for advice for me. I, I know I can tap into you that uh, one-on-one, but I'm curious, like, what, what's the, what do you see as like the future, not only of biographer, but of like, of this space and this, you know, your ability? Because I mean, yes, some of it's making luck. Yeah, some of it's, you know, I mean, you got Kickstarter early on in Kickstarter, which was so beautiful to be in there when it's in. Like, I still I still probably back eight to 10 Kickstarters um, a year still to this day um, because, like, actually a couple of the products over my shoulder, the the Throwboy pillow, Steve Jobs, that's right there. Uh, I was, mm. there, there's only a hundred of those ever made uh, via Kickstarter. Awesome. And I was, I was one of the ones that uh, had the hundred. Um, so where do you, where do you see this? Like, where, let, like, let's put in, like, where do you see, not only Iger, but like this kind of space and this ability to kind of, you know, get your product in front of the right people and kind of, you know, adapt as you're going? Well, personally, I, th- I think um, it's funny because I was talking with um, some uh, fitness friends of mine, one of my best friends, uh, they're, they're fitness uh, instructors. They own, they own this huge gym um, in Pasadena that they had to let go because it can't open anymore. They got this massive, you know, monthly space they got to pay rent and it's just not you can't do anything so that covid really ruined all of that so they've turned to i helped them a lot they turned to online they're live streaming zoom classes they have their own library of classes now and they're starting to really make money because people loved what they did before so then i told them you know you need to sell stretch bands and foam rollers and all that stuff that's branded so when people take your course you know um they want to pick these things up from you as well because you're there. You see the face of these people. They're the, they they trust you. Yeah. So let's add the little things that go with all of this. You know, maybe um, there's some some yoga mat spray that cleans it. I mean, anything like that. All that stuff is realistic, and right. you can make a good chunk of money on that. And if you know, I uh, Brian tells me, oh, you know, Dave, I got this amazing uh, foam roller. Um, you know, it's gotten rid of all my pains on my on my ankles or whatever. I'm like, oh, really? What's the link? That's all I need, right? Yep. Boom. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy that because Brian told sure. me. So I, I think everyone, um, who, whatever you're doing, you really need to think about, um, you know, a product thing with it. Um, trying to um, remember our good friend from Social Media Marketing World. I can't think of his name right now, but he makes he makes oh, no, these. Chillcom, Chillcom, yeah. Chill yes. Yep. So this is, I mean, it cost him a couple of bucks and he makes yeah, a I few bucks on this, but but people make these. I mean, you should have pressed the damn button. I, I do. I actually, do. I have a press the damn button one. Uh, okay, so I got to buy one of those. Yeah. So here, here. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it says even says damn on it, right? So like that was. I that's love a it. Joke I love it. Yep. Okay. So I'm gonna buy one of those, and everyone should buy that because it's very important. <laughs> um, but you know, um, even if you're doing things like this, you know, think about think outside the box of what 
um, you can provide um, that's going to give someone, um, you know, I don't, don't want to say quality, but I mean, of course, quality, but but some, uh, you know, kind of empowering them back with something, you know. Right. Um, one of the things that we do, uh, like my mobile video school, if you take my courses, I'm going to give you a huge discount to iographer because I'm teaching you this stuff. Well, go buy the gear too, so you can, you know, get this. Um, if you buy a big a bundle from iographer, I'm going to give you a free class because I want you to be successful with it, you know. Um, so I think there's just so much, and online courses right now are are, are booming because we're all needing to learn new things. Yep. Uh, we're we're now, and and this is what better opportunity now. We're home. You know, we we can jump on uh, once a week and learn how to be an Instagram superstar to yep. promote our business that is kind of at a standstill right now, right? Um, the the local, uh, my good friend who's down um, the street here, they own a, a little cafe and it's just the best food. I love it. And so I told her, you know, uh, you need to tell people, you know, use some, use some uh, social media um, and do something special for the community. And so what she did was she started to do a, um, a taco Tuesday early on so that people nice. can come there and pick up a, a whole thing and take it home and have a meal and everything was clean and safe. And so we started putting it up on the neighborhood app for the local people. And all of a sudden it turned into like a huge booming business for her. You know, I was posting photos. I was like trying to do everything I could because I don't want her to go out of business. I eat breakfast there probably three times a week. You know, <laughs> yeah. you have to stay in business. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's, it's just thinking about things like that. I think that really helps it. I love it. I love it. Dave, this was a lot of fun. I'm so glad that you came on. I got to learn a little bit. I got, the, you know, and I, a lot of that connection. I think there's so much to be learned in, you know, making your own luck, you know, f figuring out the path as you go. You know, there's so many people that are like, you know, riches in their news. We're telling our kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, we both are examples of like, yeah, that, that, that path has changed in more ways than we even know, you know, with left turns and you know, failures as as well as successes and and learning as we go but i also think this is like you know kind of the neat thing right like the being able to put ourselves out there and tell our story i mean to me so much of that like i mean thanks to one snapchat video during a time where i'm inundated with asks created a connection that you know six years later and we're able to, to get in here and and hang out and still you know share and, and uh you know advocate for each other um that's what this is all about like this is like the whole premise of press the damn button is like when you put your story out there and yourself out there and you're a good person doing good stuff it's gonna work out and you're gonna be able to figure out how to find uh your people and i also love your kind of the product is the no niche product for like some guy that loves no niches right like if you have a phone you can use this product um and not to mention a lot of the other stuff that you have up there uh so dave thanks so much for having us on any parting words anything that uh you want to leave uh the audience with uh just please go out and vote everybody that's it <laughs> boom there, that's go out the way and we vote. do it that's Go what it is. Hey, it, it, you don't get to complain if you're not voting. And actually, That's I'm tired right. of people complaining. Just go vote and, and take that. Uh, great way to wrap it up. Uh, like I said, check out Iographer. You'll some links uh, in the comments, of course, on my and website. Brian, why, don't, why don't we give away um, a live video kit so you get to pick who wins. Perfect. Um, it's going to be the flexible tripod, the little ring light, and um, our lavalier mic. For right. whoever you want, buddy. There you we go. The so winner. I'm 
I'm going to do that. So we're, we're going to, um, if you're listening to this and you tweet it out, so on Twitter, so you have to be a Twitter user. We'll do Twitter this time. Uh, they did Instagram last time. Uh, and just tag, you know, either put hashtag press the down button or tag uh, iSocialFans or iographer with this episode. And, I, you know, we are, uh, it'll go live on, uh, I believe, on the 13th. So we're going to say we'll pick a winner on the 20th uh, and I'll reply back to a tweet. So we'll give everybody a week after the, the episode is live next week. Uh, but thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. You know, that's uh, very nice of you. And I tell you what, guys, this is this is what it's all about, right? Finding products and people that are doing great stuff and putting stuff out there. Uh, and like Dave said, I, I love the way he ended that. Um, let's vote. Uh, get out there and vote. And uh, until next time, my friends, make it a great day. Remember, tell your story. Put yourself out there. There's tons of great people doing great things. And unfortunately, we're stuck with bad news and fake news. Put your story out there and the world will be a better place. <laughs>